Westbrook knocked it away from Paul. Yet another turnover by Chris Paul. Here's Westbrook on the drive. Wow. He does it at both ends. The steal and the bucket. Welcome to the Loud Noises Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Haneke. We're in the dead of the offseason right now, um, but we did have some Thunder news this week. There was a trade with the Denver Nuggets for Joffrey Laverne, um, who I know nothing about, so I wanted to talk about that and a couple other things this offseason. So I've br- I'm bringing back, uh, he's been on before, once before during the Randy Foyd trade. Uh, he's from Denver Stiffs, NPC Nation's Nuggets blog. His name's Jeff Morton. Jeff, thank you for being here again. Uh, and thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, nice to talk to you again. Yep. And um, so, like I said, the the really the news of the week was the Laverne trade, and I know nothing about him. And so, <laughs> I was hoping you could at least ex- tell me some some sort of good news on this deal. Well, he's French. Okay, I like it. <laughs> he's, um... he's named after a, a great king. Yes, yes, that's what his nickname here in Denver was King Joffrey. Yes, and I hope that stays. <laughs> uh, it was, it's, um, he actually, when I, I was talking to a Nuggets general manager, Chris, uh, what's Chris, boy, he, he, if he if he listens to this, he'd give me a lot of crap, uh, Tim Connolly, and um, he was right about when, right after he drafted him, and uh, he was telling uh, me specifically that his profile was kind of similar to Nick Collison. Love it. So I, I don't know necessarily if he is exactly like Chris, Nick Collison, but he is somewhat like Nick Collison. Um, he he does hustle. Um, he tries hard with the skills that he has. He is a very good bench big who can play power forward and some center uh, especially specifically in like small lineups so i mean if you're looking for versatility and it kind of looks like sam presti is then i think uh he did a good job with the trade really did yeah and what about from like the nuggets perspective because i know like obviously the last trade wasn't the same thing like didn't we give you two second round picks for randy voy too I think so. And so I it's kind of like, yeah. Are you guys just going to have a huge amount of second round picks from the Thunder in the future? Well, the thing about second round picks is like it's 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 like doing a trade and not really getting money back. So if you really really want to get rid of some salary, or if you want to kind of just like, I, I don't want to use a phrase dump a player, but if you want to get them get them away without having too much financial repercussions on the other end. Then yes, it's it's kind of the thinking right now, and you want to get value anytime you you trade someone, regardless of the motivation. I mean, Joffrey was kind of caught in a numbers game. The Nuggets have a ton of bigs. Yeah, and so I mean, you look at the Thunder lineup, and I guess they have two. They might have to roll with like a bigger lineup than usual with Cantor and Adams, which is unusual given the way the league is going. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, the talk is that and now they got Sabonis too uh, in the draft. So, kind of, where does Laverne fit in with all of that? I mean, do you see him? Like you mentioned, his versatility. It sounds like, I mean, you guys obviously had a numbers game, but do you think he could kind of be in there as like a third or fourth big? Yes, 
Oh yes, definitely. He's he is. I mean, he's not going to light the world aflame, and <laughs> he he will have uh, he'll have good games where he scores, you know, mid teens, upper teens, and he'll grab you about uh, eight nine rebounds maybe. Um, and we're not looking. Like I said, it's it's not it's not a different. He's not a difference making big, but he's definitely good for depth. Okay. So, so I, yeah. Yeah, you know, depth is something I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily something that <laughs> that's either Thunder team need. needs. Yeah. yeah, I think the Thunder needs more depth because they lost someone important this off season. So. They they did they did, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was uh, Serge Ibaka, right? Yeah. Well, honestly, in this in this regard, yeah. I mean, because yeah, they don't have that. <laughs> and speaking of that, what is Laverne's defense like? Because obviously they did lose Ibaka. They lost Durant, who was also like an underrated defender. Uh, well, he won't embarrass himself. Oh, great. <laughs> he's 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 competent and he does his job. Uh, I wouldn't say he excels on that end. Um, he does tend to get bullied a little, but he's a hard worker. So he will uh, he'll sometimes be out of position if it is a complicated defensive scheme you're running. But if it's pretty basic and he knows where he needs to be on the court he'll definitely help you and i believe that that if specifically i mean really to the way i look at to, to get this down to the nub here i really think sam Presti was just looking for kind of a, just a guy who can be there a body um <laughs> he needed he needed a body for whatever reason yeah <laughs> i just, mean i yeah it, it sounds like i'm like i'm i'm bashing him it's not it's like it, it Serge Ibaka, um, you're, it, as far as that kind of defense, he's not a rim protector. I mean, uh, right. I, I'm talking about Joffrey specifically. Yeah, he's not a rim protector, but he is a he's a hustle big. So basically, Nick Collison. Great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think obviously there's going to be a lot of changes for the Thunder. I think that's the biggest change coming up now. Is like that was their biggest thing I think for defense was they had the length to kind of bother teams like the Warriors. And it's why they almost took them. They almost beat them this series. Now it's like you lose basically your two longest defenders in Durant and Ibaka. So, um, yeah. And now we have Joffrey Laverne, <laughs> but I'm just yes, you do. <laughs> looking at a couple of, uh, a couple of the positives. I mean, it looks like his field goal percentage went up. I'm looking at his basketball reference page. This is literally all I know about him, but like mm-hmm. he definitely, improved from 40% to 50% in field goal percentage last year. Three-point percentage still not worth it, not good at all, which is obviously, again, in this league, you want guys who can shoot threes, but mm-hmm. who knows if that'll ever come. So, I mean, did, did you see improvement, noticeable improvement from him? Well, looking at the three-point percentage, he did take a lot more than he did the previous year. Yeah. This year, I believe, and I think, well, he did, and I think that was a kind of a function of him actually playing more games. Yeah. But it's kind of it, – it, he's good for the occasional corner three make. Okay. Um, you know, if you're looking for three-point shooting. Uh, offensively speaking, he is a um, – he's not really a garbage collector, kind of like Kenneth Fareed, but he is a – he's a guy that will get you that extra hidden point, you know? Yeah. You know, that those those points that you kind of like look back and think, oh, yeah, that, well, that kind of made a difference during that stretch where we needed it. He's kind of that guy. He's – He's a guy that will kind of get you those points that that you need, the workmanlike ones, the ones that you are going to need during a stretch where you have to rest, 
you know, uh, a Cantor or a, uh, a, a well, Stephen Adams is not going to score a lot, but you know, it, it's with whatever big you need, he's the guy that's going to kind of lift it up for a short stretch. And I think every team probably needs that kind of guy. And, and in, in that sense, I really think it's a good kind of trade for um, Oklahoma because that is that is kind of that is kind of like a guy everyone needs on the roster. And I think. He can be that considering Nick Collison is, you know, probably yeah. so old he no longer leaves fingerprints. So <laughs> yeah, I like that. I've never heard that expression before. <laughs> That's excellent. Um, uh, I was had something to say. Now you threw me off there. That was a good Oh, one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, his. I shouldn't. I shouldn't try to be clever. No, it was good. It worked out. <laughs> <laughs> just going back, I guess kind of, you know, I mean, I, there's only so much we can say about Joffrey Laverne, I guess, at this point. I feel like we've already dissected him as much as you can dissect a guy. Um, I know that's, yeah. that's what I was going to get into. It's just kind of, I mean, the way you're saying he basically is going to be a hustle guy, which in some ways it seems like that's kind of the Thunder's direction at this point. And was last year, I mean, they basically, what they had over everyone was they rebounded at like a historic rate. And it sounds like Laverne is another guy that can come in and grab that extra rebound or two. And maybe that's their... MO because they know that they can't shoot that well, but they figure if they miss a lot and they have guys who can get second chances, it can add up. So. It sounds like that. I mean, that's a good yeah. assessment too, because they're, they're, I mean, I'm telling you it's a good assessment of your own team here, but um, <laughs> I, I think that there is a, there is a, with losing Durant and that kind of element right there, you're, you, you're going to, there's going to be a drop off in that shooting percentage. And if you're going to have guys say if Westbrook is going to, increase the amount of threes he takes god forbid then obviously <laughs> then obviously you're going to need guys under there who's able to collect that i mean steven adams is 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 great and um he's been been one of those guys that you know you really can rely on for the the, the kind of the the dirtiness not i shouldn't say dirtiness but the kind of like the the things that you need to do to to be that kind of defensive presence and stuff like that to laverne can kind of slot in behind him and not necessarily play center all the time, but that kind of power forward center guy that you need to kind of be the guy to bridge the gap between the starters. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm ready for it. How how else how else is the off season going for the Nuggets? I don't like what is what are you expecting for this season? Well, uh, they surprised everyone and and um, kind of went hard after Dwayne Wade. Which, yeah, I forgot. Which, I forgot about that. That seems so long ago. <laughs> it was interesting because it was legit, um, yeah. and it was the fact that they even got a meeting with Wade was startling. Yeah, um, and uh, I do know for a fact he did come away impressed with them for whatever it means. I mean, listen, that's that could mean anything, but you know, when you're trying right. to build a team, you kind of need those those marquee guys to say yeah i like this sort of thing so that was that was kind of cool um i don't know necessarily if it would have been the wisest thing team building wise i i it's like i don't know how good he's going to be on the bulls considering they have no shooting now but oh we know (laughs) we know about no shooting (laughs) (laughs) the nuggets are right there with you um but it's it's kind of like that was kind of fun a little bit but outside of that the nuggets kind of were like you know got three draft first round draft picks we're going to use them all they brought in once a hermit Curtin gomez who is kind of intriguing everyone and uh um of course the marquee guy was jamal murray and i believe that 
those they're really kind of relying on those guys to kind of jo- join in with the rest of the extremely young core they have and see how they how they can kind of boost and see if anyone takes a leap specifically Emmanuel Moutier and Nikola Jokic so you brought up something interesting and it's something that I think the Thunder now are in a in the situation where you talk about recruiting Dwayne Wade and I think that obviously that's where the Thunder there's stories coming out now where they're going to want to try to recruit Blake Griffin which I think by the way, is not going to happen because I don't think Blake Griffin is going to do stand-up comedy in Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> but I just think that like th- they're a team that probably wants to get another star player just like everyone else. And it's like if Denver is, a, in, I'd say, a bigger city than Oklahoma City in a lot of ways, and obviously they weren't able to recruit Wade. And there's so many other factors that go into it. But I think what do you think of like the whole recruiting superstars era we're in now? And like, do you think that that's an effect? I mean, do you think that it's going to just always be that? I don't know. Like, what is the influences that go into recruiting a superstar? Well, it's a very interesting thing because um, I I can't go by the Carmelo Anthony thing for the Nuggets because that was a that was a collision of him wanting to get an extension before a lockout begins, and I think that is kind of. it kind of played into what happened there and there was no, you know, they had to let him go considering they wanted all that to happen and they needed to get value back and all that stuff. You know, it's interesting when he's looking at Oklahoma city, the way it played out was I kept thinking mellow and the rest of the reason I brought up mellow. I kept thinking that the entire, the entire year thinking, God, what does he, is, I don't think, does he, if you whiff, can they win this year? And if they win this year, is that enough? And that's the kind of the thing that was dogging the Nuggets that half year of the melodrama. And I believe that I was, I kept thinking, my God, they got to win something. They got to win something because he wants, he clearly wants to win. Well, I brought that up to tell you that is really the, the, the thing with players now, because yeah. us in the media, and I'm, I'm including myself, you know, I've been, I've done Denver stiffs for, you know, seven years now. And I have gone through mellow. I've gone through the transition with all this stuff and into the now where they're not winning. You really have to give a, a player a, a vision that he will definitely be in contention for a championship. No doubt. Yes. And I think that is our fault because we have put this kind of standard on people to have the rings and if you don't have the rings you're invalid yes and i think that is you become a victim of that pursuit and therefore other buddy players in the nba can say come here to this location because we got a ready-made roster and oh by (laughs) the way we have a cap explosion enough to slit to slot you in (laughs) And that, I think, is kind of where we're at with the NBA, but that's going to change. It's not always going to be like this, because not because of any sort of adjustments in the, in the CBA, because I fully expect them to sign a new, C, the, a new CBA here without a lockout. I fully expect that. But what I expect is that the, the cap is actually going to increase again next, next year, and then it's going to go down. And this explosion area that we were era that we're in will not be around so these teams with massive cap space that are opened up because the cap went up so much will not happen 
and therefore people like Durant or whoever wants to ch- uh, change a team like like that won't have the ability or the space to get there without huge trades happening, kind of like you know on a smaller scale what happened with Andre Iguodala. Yeah, and uh, so on that rings thing too, because I mean I'm totally there with you. I, that was my whole issue with everyone saying like, oh, you can't blame Durant for wanting to get a ring, and it's like. I mean, I think to me his legacy, if he would have won one ring with the Thunder, goes a lot further than if he wins three with the Warriors. That's just my opinion on the matter, but I know that Mm -hmm. people value it differently. Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting now because you look, too, at how the the narrative around Westbrook has changed so much since he left, too. And all of a sudden Westbrook is this, like, hero. And, I mean, how much that affects his legacy. And who knows if he'll ever win. But I think – I guess the thing that's curious, too, is there are some Westbrook-Mellow parallels in that you know, yeah, he signed the extension, but he also is, if things go south, he's a pretty big trade piece. Do you think that that's on the table too, that he basically could be moved by the deadline? I don't want to crush people's dreams, but I think that that's (laughs) definitely, definitely a factor. I mean, I do know a lot of people in the league and I do know that he really likes LA. That's his home. (laughs) And I think that that part is always going to be there, kind of like Mello was always an East Coast guy. Right. And I think that you can't change that unless you are in a situation where it's like San Antonio, where you just know that you're going to always be winning. Right. And I guess it's going to to, to kind of, unless the, the Thunder can attract another star, they're going to be good this next year. I, I mean, I'm one of the few who keep saying that they're still going to be good. And I like I, it. I fully expect that. I don't think they'll – obviously, they're not going to be as good, but they're still going to be good. But you're almost bordering on what the, the, the 2011 to 2013 Denver Nuggets, where they were always good. Right. But they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have that, that, that guy, that superstar. And now, obviously, Westbrook is a superstar. And that's the one variable that's different. He is he is the guy that, uh, you know, really kind of makes that what is now the Oklahoma City Thunder click. He is the engine. And it will be interesting to see how far he can take them on his back without that other guy there. Yeah. I'm, that's what I look for. <laughs> but I, think they, I still think they're going to be good. I mean, personally, I think they're going to win 50 games. Yeah, I mean, I I think so too, and I think everyone keeps wanting to. They keep bringing up, oh, two years ago when Durant was out and the Thunder didn't make the playoffs. And first of all, like they missed by a tiebreaker. They also won forty eight games that year, and like any other year, they would have made the playoffs. They would have been like a six seed this year. So it's just kind of like there's a lot of factors that went into them not being a playoff team. And also Westbrook's better. They're better around him. They got Cantor at the deadline that year. So I think comparing it to that is just kind of crazy. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, I think they'll be good. I think. The division, I think the West is just kind of, I mean, aside from the Warriors, obviously, and I guess the Spurs a little bit, but I think it's pretty open in that the three through eight seeds are up for grabs. And, I mean, who is the third best team in the West? Well, and see, that's another part of this thing here is that, you know, the, the Warriors were able to win 73 games, but much like a situation when the Bulls won their 72, it was a down year for the league. Yeah. And... Last year was definitely a down year for the league, and I don't know how long it will keep going on. You had teams, especially in the West, 
that were either rebuilding or in the process on the of being on the downward curve. And I think that will kind of continue this year. So it's going to create this kind of uh, vortex of uncertainty. Even, you know, look at, look at the Portland Trailblazers, who benefited largely from going under the radar last yeah. year. And that you, they're not going to be this year. People know that they over-rely on uh, Lillard and McCollum, and they didn't really improve themselves that much in the yeah. offseason. Evan Turner. <laughs> Evan, yeah, I mean, that's not who I would bring in yeah. to improve my roster. I mean, that's like the Nuggets bringing in J.J. Hickson. Um, <laughs> I don't, don't believe that is going to be something that puts them over the top. So you have all this variable going on that you you you, des- you haven't seen in the Western Conference since maybe 2002. It's um, I mean, you could almost say that's generational, that this shift with the Western Conference has been very top-heavy, kind of like the East, and has been. And it's it's been interesting to see because all these teams are basically either rebuilding or in the process of being that dying star. And... You know, it's going to be interesting to watch. I think the, the Thunder could fully be a four or five seed. That's what I think too. I, I'm hoping for a three, but I think they're in that four or five range because I think the Clippers are still good if they're healthy. Yes. Um, do you look forward to the Rocky and Rustbrook rivalry as much as we do? <laughs> <laughs> is that something that you guys like are conscious of too, or is it something that we just notice? Rocky is one of the most popular elements of the Denver Nuggets. A lot of people and local, I mean, casual fans know Rocky before they know players. La Rocky is basically as Charles Barkley would tell you is the king of all mascots. And it is when Westbrook messed with him. It was like he messed with the city (laughs) and that's why he's been booed. Yeah. When he comes to Denver, he messed with Rocky and I, I think that that is – it wasn't the fact that it was like – I think they had like free queso or something like that night or something like that. It was just something ridiculous. And, you know, those in-game promotions. It wasn't that. It was that he was messing with Rocky. And for in, in Denver, you don't mess with Rocky. Well, and that's, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean I remember like – I think the, one of the more recent ones they played, I remember like it was – Rocky was just kind of there on the sidelines. And they looked like there was like a genuine rivalry there. Like Westbrook would genuinely annoyed <laughs> the fact that Rocky was still bothering him. And it was like, oh, man, why did I mess with this dude? Like is this going to be a thing for now? And it's like to be honest, like I mean that seems like more of a rival at this point. And not to like totally hate on the Nuggets, but like I feel like that's a bigger rivalry than anyone that the Nuggets have right now with Thunder. Well, the, the Nuggets have – I mean it, I'll, I'll just go into Nuggets history. The Nuggets haven't exactly been blessed with rivals. Yeah. Um, I mean – the closest ever was the was the Sonics, or well, everyone claims the Lakers. Yeah, everyone um, hates the Lakers. Everyone <laughs> hates the Lakers. I mean, it, it was never real, really the Jazz, and it's just the Nuggets have never really had that through you know fifty years of history. Never really had a rival, and I, I, I think it was kind of building when Melo was still here with the Thunder, and. Then he left, yeah. <laughs> and so it became. <laughs> yeah, it was, it we was got a now. good little uh, like uh, division rivalry towards the end, like towards the end of the Mellow era, because I think they had like what two years in a row they were a playoff series too, right? 
Um, let's see. They, uh, I believe, Mellows last it. year was the f- second playoff year for the Thunder. Yeah, I think, I think it 2000, was. Yeah, 2010, 2011. Yeah, and 2011 was the year. Yeah, they beat the Nuggets and then they beat they lost to the Mavericks. And then... Yeah, yeah, and that was the first the 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 playoff series they played, and uh, that was it. Was in you know, if Melo was still there, who knows? And you got Melo and Chauncey Billups. The team makeup was completely different, and that team that the Thunder played in the playoffs was, you know, of the trade pieces from New York. Yeah. So you know, it, it's interesting. But yeah, but the Nuggets don't really. They've never really had a rival. So it's kind of been kind of like that team that doesn't have it. We just need someone. No one hates the Nuggets. See, that's the that's the problem. That's true. <laughs> I feel like no one hates Denver in general. Like, Denver's yeah. just a cool city. Everyone's like, yeah, that's probably why Dwayne Wade went there. He was like, I've never heard anything bad about Denver. I'll go, like, check it out. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it snows a lot and the air is thin, but. Well, it's funny because actually, and this is this is one of the things that everyone in Denver will tell you. Actually, it doesn't snow that much in the winter. Yeah. But it actually snows a lot in the spring. I think, I've, yeah, I've heard that. And that kind of messes with people. Because you come here, it just gets cold in the winter, and everyone's like, oh, it's interesting. Well, and sometimes we'll get 60-degree days in January and stuff like that. But, you know, you get to April, and then suddenly a three-foot blizzard <laughs> comes, and people are like, what the hell's going on here? We're, <laughs> we're ready yeah. for spring, yeah. you know. So, And I think that actually influences um, NBA players and stuff like that. But, yeah, as far as Westbrook goes, yeah, that's – and I believe he once said he hated Denver. So, and I so, believe that uh, was – after the Rocky thing happened, so <laughs> I never knew well, this. He's a he's a hated guy in Denver. Yes, that's great. That'll, yes, maybe, that... Well, that'll be the rivalry for the year, then I guess. <laughs> Westbrook and Rocky. As much as Twitter likes Russell Westbrook, that's how much he's disliked in Denver. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. I'm, it's like I'm a little worried because he always was like this hated guy, and I feel like he almost fed off that. And it's like I don't know how this world is where everyone's kind of like rooting for him to destroy the evil empire now. <laughs> like I think he needs some hate in his life, so I hope more people can come out. Maybe Rocky can come out and piss him off a little more. Well, I think there was a, more than people want to admit. A lot of people reveling in the downfall of the Warriors in the finals. Oh yeah. I think people were like, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously you guys played a tough series with them and you became the first three, one victim. And then they had the same thing happen to them in the finals. Yeah. And, but then, but that was like, do you add on to that Joe Lacob and his really, whatever comments he decided to make at that time about being light years (laughs) ahead of everyone. It was a little bit of like, oh yeah, finally we can hate you now. Yeah, I I mean, they, well, on top of it, you had Draymond being like a punk, and he continued it through the Olympics, and it was just trust me, we've we've hit, gone through all sorts of hatred for the Warriors in our email threads, and it's like <laughs> we have to keep it private because everyone's probably just like, oh my god, like the things that are said. Well, let me ask you something yeah, that, that that series. How many times did I'd love he, to relive it? <laughs> how many times did he do the old crotch kick? I mean, how I, like without hitting somebody in the nuts? I don't know, but I mean, obviously he connected twice with Adams. Okay, I thought it was twice. All right, because I was I was at a bar with my dad. We were kind of had kind of one eye on the game, one eye on the conversation. Then I looked up, and then I saw Adams crumple to the ground, and I looked at my dad and I said, "I think that's the second time he's kicked him." Yeah, it was. The first one was like <laughs> the first one was a little more like I mean, 
it may have been more incidental, but obviously after the pattern of behavior, it's kind of like maybe it wasn't as incidental. And I think that was kind of why it was the first one. Everyone was kind of willing to forgive him. And then he did it the second time. You're like, oh, wait a second. This dude just does this. Um, and then, of course, he had his whole Olympics time. And now they just got busted for spying on people or something. Was the story With their apps? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so they are – it's – I don't know, man. And Aisha's Aisha's getting a cooking show, and I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> this is too much. And listen, it's it. It's kind of like when um, Mello and Lala went to New York, and Lala got a reality show. Yeah. Well, actually, she got that right before she left Denver. In fact, and it was obnoxious. It was it was ridiculous, and Aisha was one of the worst parts of the Warriors in the finals. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I still love the, uh, my favorite, like the tweets going on right now are like that the Warriors still blew a three, one lead or whatever. That's my favorite little ongoing joke on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see that gif of the, the, you know, that stupid behind the back pass that Curry threw yeah. that it was like the Lombardi, the Lombardi, the, uh, the, uh, O'Brien the, trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's all sorts of good ones for that. Well, and I don't know if you've been on Twitter today, but, Kevin Durant got a Rick Rick James tattoo on his thigh. Oh, he did. So, so he had the Tupac one on his leg, and then it just came out that he got a Rick James. But it literally looks like Dave Chappelle's Rick James. So, and it's just like I don't honestly like the guy is literally. I don't know if he's having like a mental breakdown or what, but it's just like, what are you doing? I don't understand the symbolism behind Rick James. Like, why did you settle on that? I, I, I this is the this is the thing. Like, it's like I think I think the lack of the lack of something got to him because his attitude has been different for like oh, yeah. two years now. It's it's been a while. And well, it's Rock just Nation been got worse. to him. It's, he yeah. his agencies, and I mean that's yeah, kind of a well-known do it. thing. I mean, I've never I never bought the nice guy thing with Durant personally. I always thought it was kind of a no one can be that decent kind yeah. of thing. I mean, everyone is flawed, and I always thought, eh, that's a little overblown. And I think him being a prick is also overblown. I think that that is, I think he is just a regular human being, but I think he's got, I I, I think the losing to the Warriors, and he, he had that Iguodala syndrome. Yeah. Where he saw what the Warriors were doing and wanted to be a part of it rather than being against it. Well, and I mean, one of the words that kept getting floated around, which I do agree with, is impressionable. And it's like, I know that, whatever, I mean, people can, say we're all sour grapes at this point but i do think like someone some some people got in his head and it was just like this is what i'm gonna do and good for him i guess yeah everyone's rooting against him (laughs) (laughs) he's certainly it'll be certainly interesting to watch that first time it goes back to oklahoma yeah which isn't until like february they made us wait forever oh well it's like when when mellow was traded mellow didn't actually play in denver until the year after the lockout year (laughs) i didn't even realize that he didn't actually play. Diffused the situation a little bit. Yeah, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Come on!" Yeah, but that's one of those things. It's, uh, they didn't yeah. want it to happen. So, yeah. well, hey, to, to wrap up, um, I've been doing this thing. I don't know if you got some time, but we, I've been doing the off-topic ten. I asked people ten questions that are completely off-topic because it's the oh, off-season cool. and things are boring. So, you got a few minutes? I do. All right, let's do this thing. Number one, what is the last movie that you watched? Movie. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, I've been watching nothing but shows. Uh, TV I know shows. that's me too. That's why this oh. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember here. Uh, it was an old movie. Uh, what was it? 
Oh, oh. Um, it was, I was with some uh, uh, young relatives of mine. We were watching The NeverEnding Story. That was the last, that was the last movie I watched. You know, I actually was at a, the eating lunch <laughs> yesterday, and they put that on TV there. And I was like, I haven't seen that movie in so long. <laughs> There's a lot of NeverEnding Story in our lives. Yes, there is. Yeah. All right, number two. What is your guilty pleasure TV show? Guilty pleasure TV show. Um, oh, man. I'm trying to think here. I've got so many of them. <laughs> uh, do other guests take as long as me? <laughs> no, no. Well, usually I said it ahead. I, I'm throwing you a curveball here. Uh, oh, I usually man, like to guilt. let people prepare answers. Guilty pleasure. Well, uh, I, I can't think of one currently offhand because I, I think they're, all of them are pretty bog standard. But... When I was a kid, I loved the Golden Girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a great answer for Guilty Pleasure TV show. <laughs> right there. You don't have to, you don't have to follow up with anything else. You say Golden Girls. Yeah. Like, oh. Well, the next, one, the next one is the question I think about like more than anything in my life. So let's see if you can take if, how long it takes you. But if you were going to die tomorrow, what would be your last meal? Last meal? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Dad, you, you're coming with them today. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I tell people, I say this. I've said this a few times already. But like, I think about this question probably more than I think about the thunder. Like, I just <laughs> it's just like I'm always like changing my mind. Like, well, you know, what would I eat here? And uh, you know, this is actually going to sound kind of re- it, it. It's it's. I love Italian food. Me too. And Favorite cuisine. It would probably be if a bolognese is well done. It's yeah. perfect. I can and totally respect that answer. I, I think it would be bolognese with a nice red wine. You're making me and... want to go eat Italian food now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Leading into number four, what is your cocktail of choice? My cocktail of choice? Okay, well, there's several. It's, it's Colorado, so all we drink is beer here. But um, actually, I do enjoy scotch. Okay. Just straight so, up? Uh, yeah, n- not neat, but uh, with some water and maybe an ice cube. Um, Respect. And, and, I can't. Uh, I can't go that hard. <laughs> I can't either. Uh, when I was a, when I was a kid, actually, when I not when I say a kid, after right after I turned twenty one, I used to buy. I worked at a grocery store and I bought two hundred dollar bottles of Johnny Walker Blue. Holy cow! Blow my entire paycheck on it. Jeez. And then I would go take it with my friends and we'd all hang out and enjoy it. And then I would the next day. I'd be wondering why I wasn't dead because it would feel <laughs> so bad. So I can't, I can't and how really you weren't completely like broke. <laughs> yes. Why, why did I spend $200 yeah. on this? I only made 300 yeah. this week. <laughs> All righty. Number five, hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. Good. Nice quick answer. Number six, city in America you have visited that you most want to go back to? Miami. That's a good one. I just went there for the first time this summer. Oh, it's great. Miami Beach. Oh, I kind of get why, like, when people talk about NBA players, it's like, yeah, I would. that would be an appeal for me. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hang out in the it was 80 <sighs> degrees all the time. Number seven, city in America you have not visited that you would like to visit. I have not visited? Oh, man. Uh, New York City. I actually never been there. That was my answer, too. Never been there, man. And I just actually got a Snapchat from someone who's there right now, and they went to Cat's Deli, and I'm like, 
dang it. I got a pastrami sandwich. And now I'm like, I got to get out there. If you haven't noticed, I care a lot about food. <laughs> That's fine, man. That's fine. It's, it's, food's, food's amazing. Yeah. Um, number eight, uh, what is your favorite zoo animal? Uh, favorite zoo animal? Polar bears. Good. That's my girlfriend's favorite. They're a strong animal. They are. They are. <laughs> they, 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 when they're actually there, they're good to look at. Yep. <laughs> I watched one eat a carrot one time at the zoo. It was that was the highlight of my zoo trip to <laughs> San Diego. San Diego Zoo is a great zoo. Check it out. Oh, uh, favorite number nine. Favorite sport to follow besides basketball. Baseball. Rockies fan. I well, it's hard to be a Rockies fan, but yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, 2007 was amazing. Yeah, that run they made to the World Series. That's and right, and then they got swept, there's... right? They got swept by the, uh, the the Red Sox. Yeah, so, and yeah, yeah. I'm an Astros fan. It was the same way in 2005. It was like they finally got there, and then it was like, oh, they got swept. <laughs> that sucked. You said Roger Roger Clemens then? Oh yeah, he was fully juiced up back then, and Andy oh, Pettit. Man. Oh man! All right, man, they yeah. get more of the juice. <laughs> <laughs> and then number ten, you have to ask me a question, and you have to answer it too. I have to ask you a question. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite album or artist uh kanye west my beautiful dark twisted fantasy oh my god you answered that too quickly um <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is like because i usually don't i don't listen to a lot of music and like i just have randomly been really into that lately and i'm like you know what? like i don't have a lot of other favorite albums but like i know that one's my favorite because i just really I've, every time it comes on i'm like this is so good and that's why i like and i'm just like yeah but I'm really not a music person, and that's why I, I'm actually embarrassed of my music taste most of the time. Oh, man. Uh, mine's uh, Van Halen, Fair Warning. Okay, what's the song? Uh, see, I'm bad at classic rock. What's like a song? What's the hit from that album? Um, Unchained? I think I know that song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could hum it to you, but I'd sound like an idiot. No, that's all um, right. <laughs> It's a good, it's a good album though. I mean, yeah, but it's you know it's it's rock and stuff like that. I, I'm I'm guilty of being 38. Yeah, so that's fine. that's that's that tends to be where it's the last rap album I bought was Bone Thugs and Harmony, <laughs> uh, The Art of War, 1997. All right. <laughs> I don't. That was like yeah. That was before I even appreciated rap or do. And I don't even like I said. I don't even listen to a lot of rap. I just like Kanye. I'm not a. I I, I I'm not a, I'm not a hip hop fan. But that's the last actual one I, I bought, and people were like, "Oh, thugs. well, okay, oh, so good for you." I got made fun of at work this week because I didn't know who Crisscross was. Do you remember Crisscross? Jump, jump. Yeah, see, I never yeah. knew that song, and I had to like play it in the office, and I was like, "Oh, I've never heard that song in my life." <laughs> and so, how old yeah, are you? I'm almost twenty-seven, so I'm not. I'm not oh, that man, young. Not, yeah, I was gonna say you're not that young. Like I was definitely alive at that time, so I don't know what I was doing. Interesting. But, uh, well, Dave, listen. You have the rest of your life to 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 exactly. bone up on the music. Exactly. Basically. I will. <laughs> um, well, Jeff, thank you very much for being here today. This was fun. No um, problem. Thanks for Joffrey Laverne. I guess enjoy the second round picks. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the Euro stashes. All right, and uh, <laughs> we'll catch up again sometime down the road. Hopefully. Thanks, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs>